Welcome to Jesus Pursuit's weekly sermon, where our mission is bringing the good news and demonstrating the kingdom. Join us live for Worship in the Word, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on our YouTube channel. We hope you are encouraged and equipped by this week's word with our senior pastor, Emily Tadro. Hey, I am just going to share from my heart this morning. Um, that might be a, a great idea. It might be terrible. Um, but I, I'm just going to share some things that I feel like the Lord is saying to us, Jesus' pursuit, but also the church, our big family, the big C. Um, and <clears throat> I really feel like something I said a little bit earlier is it's an invitation but at some point, it's going to be like, you got to do this. It's going to stop being an invitation. And it's going to be like, we never miss it in God's kingdom. But there's, there's those that he's calling to be mature sons and daughters. There's those that he's calling to be forerunners, pioneers, those that will go before and make a way for others. We've always been those people. I don't think that's going to change. And um, he's calling us to grow up and be spiritually mature. And growing pains are painful. That's why they call them growing pains. Um, And we're in that space. But I also want to encourage you. And Keith, if you can show um, the first verses from Revelations. This is actually what's coming for us. Let us rejoice and exalt him and give him glory because the wedding celebration of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. We're that bride. It's exciting because... That is what God is saying. It's a future that he's seen. It's a vision that he showed his beloved disciple. My bride has readied herself, and I am coming to marry her. So whatever unready space we're in right now, the future is written. We're going to be a ready, beautiful Spotless bride. So that does that encourage you? We're going to get to where we're supposed to go. I will show this next one in a second. But, you know, we've had a couple weddings recently here in this community. We're about to have another at the end of the year. And um, there's just a whole process of preparation when you're engaged and you're about to get married. And it's particularly on the bride. Um, Justin, how much prep did you do before our wedding? Well, there was a little bit. You got a tux, and you got some groomsmen. Oh, yeah, you got us a honeymoon. You bought me a ring. This guy had this really cool truck. Sweet little truck. It was kind of like a special truck, actually. He sold that said truck to buy me this ring and surprised me 
and then he proposed. You know, so he did do some preparations, right? But it was, it's the bridegroom's great delight to do those things because he has found himself a bride. But when I got this ring, I was like, oh, wow. I got some shopping to do. I got some beautying to do. Joined a workout class. There's lots and lots of party preparations. There's lots and lots of things for the wedding. But then you do counseling. You do all this stuff to get ready for beyond the wedding. It's the marriage that you're preparing for too. And so let's just think of ourselves as engaged. And we're in a season of preparation. And some of that is external preparation, but most of it is internal preparation. How many of us didn't do any internal preparation leading up to the big day And then when we got married, we were like, oh, I should have done something a little bit more for my heart. I got some issues. And he really has some. (laughs) Right? We all do that. Okay. Well, listen. We are in that preparation season. So let's do Revelations 21. Oh, it's up, sorry. Okay. The city wall had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The angel who spoke to me had a gold measuring rod to measure the city and its gates and walls. And the city was laid out in a perfect square, and its length, width, height were equal. So he measured the city with his rod, and it was 12,000. Stata, I don't know what that is, with the equal dimensions for its width, length, and height. Keep going. And he also measured the wall. Is this the right verse? The measure of a man which is angelic. Keep going. Nope. I gave you the wrong reference. I'm like, that doesn't feel right. What did I write down? 22. Okay, I'll just read it to you. Basically, it's talking, I'm like, that is not right. You're like, oh, great. Now we have to go build a house, too? (laughs) Ah, Sorry. Okay. This is when the, the Lord is returning, and he says, I'm coming. How blessed are those who wash their robes. The tree of life is theirs for good, and they walk through the gates to the city, But outside are the filthy, curse, sorcerers, fornicators, murderers, idolaters, and all those who love and live lies. I, Jesus, sent my angel to testify to these things for the churches. I'm the root, the branch of David, the bright and morning star. This is the one that I really want to hit on. Come. The spirit and the bride say, come. Whoever hears, they echo this sentiment. Come. Is anyone thirsty? Come. Come. All who will, come and drink, drink freely from the water of life. It's time to wash our robes. It's time to wash our robes and get them clean, white, ready, beautiful. Because there is this point where the the Lord is coming. And I'm not just talking about the second coming of Christ, but yes, that. But this empowerment of his people, his bride that has made themselves ready 
They have done the work. They have done the stuff. They have partnered with the Holy Spirit. And they have been able to stay, like, hearts steadfast towards him. And now they can joyfully sing the song, come, we're ready. We're ready for what you're going to do. The Lord is inviting us to make ourselves ready. And I don't want you to take anything out of this of striving at all. This is not about doing more for Jesus. I'm actually going to hit against that. I'm, what I feel like the Lord is saying is that where we are going to go, we can't go until we deal with the internal stuff of our heart. We need some pre-marriage counseling. We're making ourselves ready. We can do all the things. In fact, we've done all the things to make ourselves look good on the outside. And the Lord is like, that's not what I am about. He says that with Saul. Man looks at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. He was looking for someone like David. He's not looking for how tidy we can make ourselves. He's looking for us to take our hearts and dip them in the river of life and get them clean so that we can be ready, dressed, ready for him when he comes. He's talking about an internal work. And there's people that love lies and love different things, and they're not doing the work. But I, I don't believe that people would give their lives to Jesus, come to church on a regular basis, serve, sow, do the things that I watch all of you do and say you've been given over to lives. Our intentions are to live for Jesus, Right? So why is it that we have only gone so far in our great intention and in our great love for him? I think it's because of the premarital counseling that needs to take place, so to speak. Our internal heart work that needs to be done. And in the church, I'm just going to talk really just plainly, in the church, in religion, in all of these structures that have Jesus' name on them, Jesus Pursuit Church, we're really good at presenting, or we try to be really good at presenting our best selves, right? Put a good picture on the front. And so many of our internal spaces are so messy. And so broken. And we can only go so far in breakthrough because we haven't done the internal work. And a few years ago, a few years ago now, and I'm just like, oh, I want to just like repent to you and say I'm sorry. But a few years ago, the Lord said to me, you have to be a spiritually mature church and an emotionally healthy church to go where I'm leading you. And it's like, I don't want to be an emotional church. And here I am crying. But, like, our relationship with God is so much more than our emotions, isn't it? Yet, 
And I'm not just talking about our crying or our fear or our anger or whatever the emotions are that come out, our joy. I'm not talking about being all touchy-feely. The reason I was resisting it is because I didn't want to do it. Personally, who wants to look inside? It's scary in there. I'm watching friend after friend in ministry, leaders I have respected for decades, just everyday people that are like, I'm done. I'm watching people blow out because they can't carry the weight of the anointing on their lives with the internal dysfunction. And they're blowing out and moral failure after moral failure, we've experienced them here. And I just, enough. I just feel like the Lord is saying, enough. I'm keeping you even small. So you can do, I'm keeping you hidden. I'm keeping you in this place of protection because I don't want you to be crushed. And I'm giving you time and space and opportunity to get the healing, the freedom, and dare I say the deliverance that you need. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life, and I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That sounds nice, doesn't it? That's the invitation. I think if we were all honest with ourselves and with one another, we would all say we're a little bit burnt out on religion, or a lot of it. My kids are. And frankly, I am. I'm not burnt out with the family of God. I'm not burnt out on loving Jesus. I'm not burnt out on leading. Just religion. I don't want to be fake. And I'm watching, you know, people that I love and respect, and I see the fruit coming from their lives. It's good. But I also see this thing that's being perpetuated in our circles, in religious circles, of celebrity and building these giant platforms that have nothing to do with the kingdom of God and everything to do with our own kingdom. And, and for some reason, they're thriving. But I'm reminded of a word from my good prophetic friend. 
I dare say she's a prophet, not just prophetic. Where the Lord showed her in a vision in 2018, coming into 2019, and it was like, this is going to be happening in the next couple years. She saw a vision of these apocalyptic angels. She said, and she saw these apocalyptic beings. Like, she's like, I don't know how else to describe it. It's like it was the end of days, what was going on on the earth. And they were literally coming to places that had the name of Jesus on the doorpost and hurling fire. And there were those that stood underneath the fire and withstood it, and they shone, they shone brightly. And then there was others. It, there was nothing actually there. The sign just read Jesus, but he was not in the middle of any of it. And they just burnt to nothing. I'm reminded of that word, and I've been seeing that left and right. Have you guys? And some of you might just be like, what is she talking about? But I'm just telling you, there's movements, Christian, powerful Christian movements that I have gleaned from, from for decades, places I've gone to for um, spiritual enrichment and, and equipping, and I'm so thankful that I did. I'm not saying that Jesus is not a part of what they're doing. But the fire is hitting them right now, and they're not standing. And it's breaking my heart. And I don't want to be among those. Jesus is in the name of our church. We did that on purpose. We're pursuing him. This is Jesus Pursuit Church. We are pursuing Jesus with all that we are, and he is pursuing us with all that he is. It's what we're about. Fire has been hitting us. I want to be here, standing strong, shining bright, not for my sake, but for the glory of the Lord. I believe, I believe in the future, not just of Jesus' pursuit, but of the church, of the church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm with Jesus on that one. He's the one that's doing the work. He's the one that's building us. And the gates of hell will not prevail against us. But I'm telling you, there are things inside of us, individually. This is, this is each person going, that's me. You know, sometimes you hear a word and you go, that, that did not relate to me at all. I'm telling you, if you say that this morning, you're kind of in deception. I love you. We all need to look a little deeper. Me too. Where he's leading us. First, we must deal with the things that are off on the inside of us. And I'll tell you what some of this stuff is. Um... In case you were wondering. Go ahead. Let's just start. Let's just start with our emotions. 
How many of us have been dealing with anxiety on a higher level than ever before? Okay, something's going on, friends. How about anger? How about anger? Who is ticked off right now? It's not just about Joe Biden, guys. It's not. It's not about Hillary. It's not about, you know, all the who's who in that weird zoo. It's not. It's not about what's happening in politics. There's a reason something just triggered us. It was already there. I'm telling you, it was already there. How about defensiveness? When someone brings something to you, hey, you hurt me, and I just want to see if we can reconnect and you go into a litany of all the reasons why they're wrong. Modern psychology likes to call it gaslighting, but we'll call it defensiveness. Uh... I had a whole sozo about defensiveness. So, guess what? It's, o- it's not okay, but it's okay. You're human. How about a trail of broken relationships? It's not just them. You know that Taylor Swift where she- song where she says, it's me? Hi, I'm the problem, it's me. It's us. We're the problem. Now, other people might be the problem too. But I'm telling you, if you have a trail of broken relationships in your life, you're part of that. Why not get free? Um... We know the easy ones. Depression. It might be clinical. But it's not all. And what if, just what if, if the God who created you wanted to actually heal you of even what is clinical? If we believe that he wants to heal cancer, and he does, Why can't we believe for bipolar, schizophrenia, personality disorders, any of the things? These are not meant, I'm telling you, spiritually mature sons and daughters, we are not called. Now, let me just clarify that. If you're walking through that, I am not spitting judgment at you. But we are not called to live with any sickness. As our portion. We're always meant to be looking for what are you doing right now, God? Where are you going to release your healing? I don't want to make an identity out of cancer. Okay, I'm just going to drop that. You know what I'm saying, okay? But some of us are just under a cloud of depression because of trauma external things that have hit us and we didn't deal with what was happening the impact of our heart and it has become a depression we've entered into it we aren't meant to just constantly carry garbage 
We were created to be known, to be loved fully, to be known fully, all the good, the bad, and in between. And that's why it's, I mean, like, Justin left the room, so I can talk about him a whole bunch now. But Justin has seen me at my absolute most disgusting of humanity. And he would probably never agree with that because he's so kind to me. I don't think anybody in my life has ever seen me more disgusting. And I'm not talking about the way I look when I wake up. I'm talking about how ugly my heart has been at times. And there is such a joy and a sorrow in that. Because we are so deeply connected. And he is my person. And yet instead of feeling shame, I feel safety. Because even though I'm a horrible human being at times, he loves me. And he stays and he's like, okay, we will overcome. And vice versa. Although you've never been a disgusting human being, you missed it. You'll just have to watch the tape. Um, that, is, that is our relationship with Jesus, too. Marriage is actually meant to model our connection to the Lord, that intimacy, that relationship, that connectedness, being totally known, seen, completely vulnerable, nothing hidden. Safety. I can trust God with my absolute worst. And this is the wild thing. He already saw it. Like we think we're hiding stuff from him. You know he's omniscient, right? That means he's all-knowing. You know he's all-present. He was there. And this is the really wild thing. That disgusting, horrible humanity that you're trying to keep from him, he already took upon himself and made it his own on the cross. And he does not identify you as that any longer because he already identified himself as your most disgusting. Wow. And I love you, but I don't even feel that safe with you. Like, that Justin has now taken on my disgusting, decrepit humanity and worn it. That's, that, that doesn't go with humanity in between us. That is only divine. This is, this is the invitation part where we don't have to run from God, but we run to him. And we can say, yeah. This is what you said about me. This is the promised land. But I'm not going to go there until I know that we are completely one and we are in this together. If your presence doesn't go with me, I will not go. I'm not going to go in my own strength. I'm not going to go in my own ability. I'm not going to go with my dysfunction. I'm not going to go until you are with me completely, until you and I are one. And we can't be totally one until I've given you every part. Is this making sense? But this is the good news, that the bride has made herself ready. Hallelujah. 
and he's coming for us. And the spirit and the bride become to that unity, and they say, come, we're ready. Come, come, Lord, come with whatever you got. Come do whatever you want to. Come have your way. Come lead us where you want to. We will go. We will not be afraid. Okay, so back to some of the things that might be like, oh, actually, I do have this thing. Hidden struggles or sin. Secret sin. It's the easy ones. It's the porn addiction. It's the shopping addiction. It's the food addiction. It's the drug addiction. It's the, you know, all the little, okay, those are easy. What about the secret, like, cheating on your taxes? Like, there's things that are, that we justify. Being angry with our employees, being angry with our spouse, being a nasty human being at home, behind closed doors, and we think we're justified because so-and-so did this thing. What about holding a fence? What about envy? What about wanting to get revenge on one another? There's secret things that actually can be in our hearts. We don't want to tell people about those things, but they're there. And they're things that keep us and block us from going to the next place that God is leading us. I think I already said this. Outbursts of anger, fear, rage, sadness. Inability to take ownership for what's happening in our life. Playing the victim. And the blame game. We've got to take ownership for stuff. And if we are unwilling to... Yeah, maybe you are a victim in certain circumstances, but how you manage yourself in that situation is all you. And how you move forward from it is all you and the Lord. And we are overcomers. God says it so. He's, he overcame. We sang it. You overcame. Because he overcame, we can now overcome. There's not a thing on the list that I could keep reading that he is not capable of healing and restoring. Some of us don't know how to get free. Some of us just don't know how. For years and years, I was like, I don't know how. I'm willing. And then some of us are just like, no. This is off limits. I'm not ready. This is my thing. I'm not going to give it to you. I'm not going to go there. I want to wallow in it a while longer. And as your friend, and as someone who loves you, and as your pastor, I want to say stop. Enough. Let's not wallow in it. Let's not befriend our stuff any longer. It's not serving us. And there's like this culture that has happened within the body of Christ, the church, where we, um, we will spiritualize away conflict or we will spiritualize away pain. And it's actually not that spiritual sometimes. It just needs, the Lord's just like, this is the spiritual part. I paid for it, give it to me. Let's make the great exchange. This is, this is the spiritual part. What I paid for frees you from that now. Lots of times we do things 
for God to kind of keep our spirit high. It's easier to ignore what's going on in our soul and in our body when our spirit is, you know, up in the sky. And so we, we do these spiritual things, but our soul is a disaster. And at some point, um, there's a book that I read a couple years ago when the Lord first started speaking to me about this. His name is Dr. David Stein, and he wrote this book called The Whole Life Balance, W-H-O-L-E, The Whole Life Balance. And he talks about, you know, um, how we were created, body, soul, and spirit. And how in Christianity and in the church, we have so much just been like, I'm just going to fill the spirit bucket. I'm going to fill, just put all my eggs in the spirit basket. And it will overflow into soul and body. But what is, you know, we love science. Research shows that actually it's like the vacuum suck from body and soul. If you're not attending to either of those, it's actually like a vacuum. And it just keeps drafting off of your spirit. And you feel depleted in every space. So instead of spirit going over, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. We want to do that. But we were created body, soul, and spirit. And the spirit is meant to lead the way. But that doesn't mean ignore the rest. And we've done a really good job of filling our spirits and ignoring the rest. And I want to, one, give you permission to live emotionally healthy in your spirituality. And I also want to say it's time because I don't believe that we will have the effect and the impact until we go there. And I feel it for myself and I feel it for some of you in the room. She's nuts. I don't want to do that. I'm telling you, we'll continue to see broken Broken, broken leaders, moral failures, movements fall, be done away with, until his bride makes herself ready. And we don't have to do it in striving. It's really like the song that David wrote in Psalms 51, where he comes in and he writes a song about his brokenness, about the adultery that he commits with another man's wife, the murder that he carries out to cover his sin. And then he says, can you imagine writing a song about that? As a song of worship? And then he says, search me, O God, And know my heart. You can come with your magnifying glass, your, you know, what are they called in, like, the sciencey people? Microscope. Your microscope. You can look at the nitty-gritty on a cellular level. Search me. See what you see in there. You have permission 
to extract it and replace it with yourself. And God says, I love David. That's a worship song I can get down with. Because it didn't do him any good to come in and sing like Psalms 103, you know, bless the Lord, O my soul, in that moment. And all that is within me, because he actually couldn't get there yet, because he was like, I screwed up so bad. I can't bless the Lord, O my soul, today. I need to go and tell him exactly what's going on in here. And that's actually what the Lord wants from us. Um, Peter Scazzaro, he's the guy who did the series Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Um, I highly recommend it. We might do that here sometime. But... He said this phrase, and I think it's really impactful. Emotional health and spiritual maturity are inseparable. It is not possible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. I'm going to say that again. Because I've seen a lot of people behind closed doors. I've had an invitation to many tables through my years of being in ministry. And there are people that I would never have come back to this house that had appearances of being very spiritually mature. And behind the scenes, a lot of the things that I read off, you know, like, that you can go like, ah, you might need some healing in these places. They carried some of those things and felt good about it because they didn't know any different. We've been, we've been perpetuating this culture for a long time when we elevate anointing above heart and character. And we've thought that anointing equals those things. And we didn't know. But I'm just telling you, it's, they, they're not synonymous and you can't, see, you can't see my public life and be, oh, she must have a really great, deep, secret place. You shouldn't make that assumption. I mean, I should have a really great secret place. And you can, you can tell, but not necessarily by what happens on the platform. The fastest way you can tell what my secret place life is is the way I treat my husband the way I love my kids, the way I would be kind to a stranger, the way I talk to waitress and wait staff in restaurants, with the integrity in which I choose to live my life, that's actually where you can tell someone's secret life. I could be performing right now. I could be an actor. And there's a lot of people that are. I want to say watch the way I lead and love and make the determination. And you have permission to do that. 
that's how we know. So emotionally, emotional health and spiritual maturity are inseparable. It is not possible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. Is it really 1245? Okay, I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, have I been talking that long? I'm so sorry. Okay, you're right, it's daylight savings, I forgot. That's the first time I looked at the clock today since I've been up here. Okay, another thing that Peter says is our relationship with God and relationships with others are two sides of the same coin. The way you treat people, the way you love others, is the other side of the coin of the way you love God. And guess what? If you don't love people well, let's just deal with that. Let's say, search me, God, and know my heart. Let's just get honest today. Let's be like David. I'm a mess, Lord, but you have a plan for my life. I'm a mess, Lord, but you are a good father. And you are faithful to watch over every single word that you have spoken about my life, about this family's life, and you will bring it to completion. Steve Backlund was here a few years ago, and when he met with our staff, he said, I just want to say to you, what is happening in us is more important than what is happening through us. What is happening in you, he said, on the inside, what is happening in your hearts is far more important than what is happening through you. And I want to say that to the whole house today. I, I know we invite you in to come and serve and to come and do different things, to come, come to Friday night worship night, come to the women's prayer time, come to this gathering, come serve at the Christmas day, come do all these things. I want you to do that. Not because it's building our kingdom, but because it's good to be together, to worship together, to pray together, to stir up the gifts amongst one another to serve and sow and to reach out to our community. But if you on the inside, now you can come and do that and be a mess, and that's great. If you know that you're a mess and that in spite of that, you love God and you're working on it and you're working through it with him because it takes time. You don't have to clean yourself up perfect to come and do any of those things. But if you come and do all of those things to quiet the noise inside and never deal with it, I'm not helping you at all by creating these moments where you can come and do things for God instead of with God. Because if we're doing it with God, he is going to go into all of the places in us and all the spaces and all the nooks and crannies, and he gets to have his way. And I just, church, let's deal with our stuff. 
Let's deal with our stuff. Because he's coming for a bride. And he's going to partner with a bride. And there is, there is water of the Spirit to wash ourselves in, to wash our physical bodies, our clothes, like our spiritual bodies, and he will make us righteous. He will make us spotless and blameless and pure. He already has. We're just not letting go. Okay, 2 Corinthians 4. Since God has so generously led us in on what he's doing, we're not about to throw our hands up and walk off the job just because we run into occasional hard times. We refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes, and we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open, the whole truth on display so that those who want to see, want to can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. This is the invitation to take off our masks. To not peace out because it's about to get a little bit ugly, a little bit messy. If you're not ready, it's okay. You can just watch the rest of us. In the presence of God. Maybe some of, our, some of the courage that jumps off early will inspire you and give you courage to go after it yourself. But I feel as though I'm prophesying to the house this morning. Who we are today is not who we are going to be next year this time. Who we are today is not who we are going to be next year this time. I see us having courage to go in there, to allow the Holy Spirit to take his searchlight and go, yep, this is what I've been talking to you about. Give it to me. Let me take it. Let me show you the unforced rhythms of my grace. Let me take this burden and give you mine. It is my kindness it is my goodness, and it's easy, and it's light, and you don't have to keep going on the way you've been going. Now you can run freely, lighter, with speed, with agility. You can go where I'm sending you. Church, I believe, and that's why we've been doing some of the things that we've been doing with the table, and we're going to continue that on into next year. If you haven't come to the table, I want to invite you to come to the table. Um, it's every other Wednesday. We eat together. We dive into the things of the Spirit, definitely. Right now, we're doing Keep Your Love On, and it's all about healthy relationships. It's all about being willing to confront our own 
moments where we're powerless, where we choose to take that on rather than to be the powerful sons and daughters that he has made us to be. It's confronting our own brokenness. It's learning how to create healthy boundaries. It's, it's, and it sounds super practical, and it is. And it might be like, I want to learn about speaking in tongues, or I want to learn about prophecy. Well, if you prophesy and you do all these things and you don't have love, it amounts to a pile of garbage. 1 Corinthians 13. If you feed the poor, heal the sick in my name, if you cast out devils, if you do all these things that are so spiritual and you don't love the people that you were entrusted with, it is a pile of horse crap. That's what it is. It is good for nothing to be thrown in the fire and be burned. You are a clanging gong, annoying, The sound is not making what you want it to be. But it doesn't have to be that way. And if you're afraid, if you're inside going, yuck, we're going to be in our navel the whole time. We're just going to be looking there, looking for lint. What else is in there? I hear you. I, I hear you. I hear you. Right now, I hear you. I hear your thoughts. We're never going to forsake the presence of God. We're never going to forsake the supernatural. But if we don't love the people around us, if we are not healthy on the inside, it doesn't work outside of this circle, outside of the platform, outside of the thing that we have built and created that is crumbling right now. It is crumbling all around us. And there's a whole lot of scripture that says it will continue to do that. We have to be willing. We have to be willing to look at the internal workings of our stuff and say, come, Lord Jesus, come. The spirit and the bride say, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Have your way. Have your way. And all of the things that we in Charismania love to do will be so much more powerful, so much more effective, and truly authentic. It will be coming from a pure flow, a pure stream that cannot be defiled by man or hands or anything, but God is high and lifted up. He is getting the highest praise. Because he gets every single part of us. Don't be afraid of his fire. You were made to stand under the fire. You will not be burned. We just heard that last week. Keith preached out of Isaiah 43. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. When you walk through the floods, you will not be overtaken. Because I am with you. You don't have to be afraid of even the pain of looking at the past. You should be more afraid not to. And the freedom that is coming for you, I am telling you, you will not be the same if you are willing to embrace what God is inviting us into. And it's still an invitation. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus today. 
I want us to just take a minute before we dismiss. And I want us to ask the Lord a question. Um, If you have a piece of paper and a pen, get a piece of paper and a pen. If you have a notepad on your phone, get it out. Brian, can you play um, some kind of mushy background music so we can set us in the right mood for the Lord to come with his searchlight? And I want to I ask the Lord a really simple question this morning. And we're just going to hang out for a minute before he asks it. I want you to close your eyes. Once you find your paper or your notepad, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to ask Jesus. Come show himself to you. And this is where you get to engage your spiritual imagination, your senses. I want you to hang out until you see Jesus. And right now, Holy Spirit, I just ask for help. We just thank you for your presence. For your protection, we just silence every other voice right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that your sheep hear your voice and they will not follow after another. And we invite you, Jesus, Prince of Peace, to reveal yourself to us. And when you see him, I want you to ask him, Is there anything inside that you want to lead me to healing and lead me through healing this next year? And then I want you to write it down and commit to journeying with him in that. Thanks for listening to Jesus Pursuit's weekly sermon. If you would like to be a part of seeing people encounter God, experience transformation, and be equipped to advance the kingdom, you have the opportunity to partner with us through giving at jesuspursuit.org forward slash give. Together, we can make Jesus famous in Albany, the Northwest, and the nations. We hope you have a blessed week, and we'll see you next time.